0: Learn more at marines.com. This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Hello and welcome to Warhorses, the only college equestrian podcast that's getting you ready for the final two weeks of the regular season. I'm your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. Okay, so let's take a look back at Week 15's action with some Some meat meat. recaps. First on Friday, we had Oklahoma State at TCU. I predicted this would be a 12-7 win for TCU. Let's see what really happened. Fences and Raining got going first. and Fences, that went 4-1 for TCU. And Reining went 3-2 for Oklahoma State. So at the half, it was 6-4 TCU with the lead. So at this point, the Cowgirls were still in it. Next up was flat, that went four to one for TCU, and then horsemanship also went four to one for the Frogs. So that big second half surge sealed the meet and made the final score fourteen to six TCU. So yeah, being at home. Plus, being the number one team in the nation, made this pretty one-sided overall. TCU had a couple of meets recently where they weren't as uh, wide of a margin as we expected, but this one was uh, pretty pretty wide. <laughs> For Oklahoma State, um, they're still almost certainly going to end up second in the Big 12 standings, which means that they will ride against whoever's better out of uh, Fresno State and Baylor in, in the tournament. So that's kind of what they're looking forward to right now. Next up, we have SMU at Texas a and I predicted this would be a 9-9 tiebreaker win for Texas A&M. Let's see what really happened. Flat and Raining started things off. Flat went 3-2 for Texas A&M, and Reining went 2-1 for Texas A&M. That made the halftime score a close 5-3 lead for Texas A&M. Fences was next, and here SMU started their comeback attempt, winning it 3-2. And then we had Horsemanship, and A&M took that 3-2, making the final score 10-8 Texas A&M. So this was a really nice win for the Aggies. Uh, They got revenge for that fall loss at SMU. Uh, That meet was a 99 tiebreaker loss for them. So this one kind of tips the margin of victory just a little bit in their favor. Now they'll take a week off and they'll get ready for Auburn. For SMU... Even in the loss, this was a pretty good performance. They won all of the Dern MOPs in this meet, which is rare for the visiting team to do. Uh, kind of shows SMU has improved in their road performances from that shocking loss uh, at Fresno State that they had in the fall. If they keep riding like this on Saturday, they could definitely beat Auburn. Alright, next up we have UC Davis at Fresno State. And last week I predicted this would be an 11-7 win for UC Davis. Let's see what really happened. Fences and horsemanship started things off. Fences went 4 to 1 for UC Davis and horsemanship went 4 to nothing for Fresno State. That made the halftime score a very tight 5 to 4 lead for the Bulldogs. On we go to the second half. Flat was a two-to-two tie, so everything came down to raining at the end, which went three-to-two for UC Davis, and then we ended up with a tie, nine-to-nine. The home Bulldogs ended up getting the tiebreaker win, fifteen ninety point two five to fourteen sixty nine point five zero. So, very, very close. Uh, But still, this is a big win for Fresno State. um, They're kind of locked in a five way battle for the last spot to Ocala uh, with Baylor, UT Martin, UC Davis, and Delaware State. So, defending their home turf was a must. For UC Davis, this would have been a great win if they could have gotten it uh, here on the road. It would have really set them up for a pretty good shot at Ocala if they'd have had that plus a, a pretty successful conference tournament run. But instead, they kind of surrendered control of their destiny to several other teams. Okay, last meet of the weekend was Georgia at South Carolina. This one I predicted would be a 9-8 to win for Georgia. Let's see what really happened. Flat and horsemanship got the meet started. Flat went four to one for Georgia, and horsemanship also went four to one for Georgia. So the halftime score was eight to two, and right off the bat, uh, Georgia was in control of this one. Fences was next. That went four to one for South Carolina. That kind of kept them in the meet until raining, which they also won three to two. But that wasn't quite enough. It just made the final score a more respectable eleven to nine win for Georgia. So really good win for the Bulldogs. They haven't always been stellar away from home, but this was a great time to get it all going on the road. For South Carolina, like I've been saying, the Gamecocks are the fourth best team in the SEC, and this kind of proves it. The best teams just don't lose at home, Uh, unless, of course, it's to the previous year's national champion, and that's a weird quirk that, you know, the last decade of national championship winners have had. Uh, But still, fourth in the SEC is still better than like three quarters of the teams in this in the sport so that's nothing to be ashamed of okay well that was all of the weekend's action now let's turn our attention to the, the golden, golden score sheet awards. awards the golden score sheet awards is a competition where each week i review all of the official score sheets and i award deductions and bonus points based on the number of errors that i find every team begins the season with 100 points and at the end of the season the team or teams with the highest point totals will win an actual award for me commemorating their achievement in outstanding records keeping Now, I have checked the latest score sheet, and there were some errors by some of the host teams. Uh, Fresno State is adamant about not filling in blank boxes when there are zeros, so they lost over 20 points off of their score sheet this weekend. Uh, Texas A&M continues to have some rounding er uh, issues in some of their cells and their Western equivalency totals. And, boy, I really hope they fix that before the conference tournament weekend. Uh, South Carolina, you had a math error in your reigning total. And and it threw off your whole Western total. And it threw off the Western equivalency and the tiebreaker total. So, yeah, not good there. Uh, But TCU, beautiful, lovely TCU. You turned in another better-than-perfect score sheet. So, here we go. Let's look at the top teams that are still in the running for this thing. This week we have a new number one team with 101 points in first place is TCU. In second place with 100 points is Sacred Heart. In third place with 98 points is Oklahoma State. In fourth place with 97 points is Baylor. In fifth place with 96 points is UT Martin. And tied for sixth with 95 points are Auburn and Delaware State. Now, I just want to say that these are unofficial totals right now. Uh, Once the regular season is over here in two weeks, I'm going to review all the numbers, do a double check on everything, make sure I've got it all, all the deductions, the bonuses and everything that everybody has earned. And then once we get to the conference tournament week, I'll announce the official winner. All right. So with that out of the way, now let's take a look at the The official Auburn Elvis College college Equestrian Equestrian Rankings. Rankings. So at this point, I'm going to forego my usual soapbox rant about how South Carolina and most of the teams are performing just as I have them ranked. And we're just going to get into things. Number one is TCU. <laughs> the Frogs are 10-0. Uh, they only have two more meets this season. Both of them are going to be on the road. And we haven't seen a lot of road challenges for them uh, this season. So it'll be interesting to see how they do here on the home stretch or the road stretch. Number two is Texas A&M. The Aggies are eight and two, undefeated at home, and have a big road test ahead for them uh, in two weeks at Auburn. Number three is Georgia. <coughs> the Bulldogs got a big road win over South Carolina, and that barely lifts them above SMU this week. And I tell you, I have these two teams very, very close in the rankings, but. When I look back at everybody's resume, like I do every week, Georgia has been undefeated at home, and they have been the better road team than SMU has. Uh, They knocked off UT Martin and South Carolina on the road. And uh, yeah, SMU just doesn't have good road wins like that. So that means number four is SMU. (laughs) The Mustangs are 7-4 and and undefeated at home. Like I said, it was very close between them and Georgia, but in the end, I jumped the Bulldogs over the Mustangs because SMU only has one road win, and that's over UC Davis, which isn't bad, it's just not quite as good as what Georgia has. Now, SMU does have a good chance this weekend on the road at Auburn, so things could change for them depending on how that meet goes. Speaking of which, number five is Auburn. (laughs) Auburn. The Tigers were idle after that home win over UT Martin uh, a week ago. They are 6-4, and four, undefeated at home, uh, but of course that might be in jeopardy this Saturday with a strong SMU team coming to town. Number six is South Carolina. The Gamecocks lost at home for the second time this season, dropping their record to 6-6. Six and six. Uh, They should be able to bump that up to a winning record with South Dakota State coming to town this Saturday. At number seven, we have Oklahoma State. The Cowgirls lost on the road at TCU, which drops their record to four and six overall. They're gonna make a swing through the Golden State this weekend, and while they're probably safe to make it to Ocala, they really want to win at least one of those meets, just to be sure. Number eight is UT Martin. The Skyhawks were idle this week, their record is 4-7, and seven, and the distance between them and the next team shrank quite a bit, but their resume is still just good enough to hold on to that 8th spot. Now, as we know, the top 8 teams will get invitations to the National Championship Tournament in Ocala, so if the season ended today, those are the 8 most deserving teams. But after them, there is a logjam of a few teams clawing and scratching at that, getting that last invitation to Ocala. Number nine is Fresno State. The Bulldogs barely got the home victory over UC Davis this week, but that's enough, and it slides them up one spot in the rankings. They have a 3-7 and seven record overall, and they are going to finish up their season at home against Oklahoma State. If they win that, that will really improve their chances of making it to Ocala. And number ten is Delaware State. Hornets return to the rankings after a short hiatus. They have a 4-4 record, but the biggest thing hurting them is how few big-name opponents they've ridden against compared to most of the other teams. I'm not as optimistic about their chances to make it to Ocala as I once was, but we could still see enough chaos among the teams in front of them to maybe open the door for them once again. Now, we didn't have any single discipline action this week, so I'm just going to run through all of these very quickly. Lynchburg, Sweetbriar, Dartmouth, Swanee, Sacred Heart, College of Charleston, Bridgewater, and Berry College, if they show up. Alright, only a couple of weeks remaining in the regular season, so let's take a look at this weekend's action with some, some meat, meat previews. First on Friday, we have Berry College at Lynchburg. I don't hold out a lot of hope for the Vikings here. I think Lynchburg wins fences 5 to nothing and wins flat 5 to nothing as well. And for all you Alabama fans listening, that would be a 10 to 10 Lynchburg victory. Next up, Minnesota Kirkson at UT. Martin. The Golden Eagles might get a few points, but probably not a lot. I think fences goes four to nothing for UT. Martin, Flat goes five to nothing for U.T. Martin. Horsemanship, I think, will go 4 to one for UT. Martin, and raining will go 5 to nothing for UT. Martin. Add that up, and I think we're going to have an 18 to 1 route in favor of the Skyhawks. Okay, South Dakota State at South Carolina. The Jackrabbits probably don't stand much of a chance in this tough road meet. I think fences goes four to one for South Carolina. Flat goes five nothing for South Carolina. Horsemanship goes three to two for South Carolina, and Reining goes three to two for South Carolina. That adds up to a fifteen to five win for the Gamecocks. Next on Friday is TCU at Baylor. Can the Bears get an upset win at home over the number one team? Probably not. I think fences goes three to one for TCU. I think flat goes three to one for TCU. I think horsemanship goes four to nothing for TCU, and I think raining goes four to one for TCU. Add that up, and I think it's going to be a big day on the road for the frogs with a 14 to three win. Now over we go to Saturday, SMU at Auburn. Oh boy, here we go. Auburn's 35 meet home winning streak is uh, in some jeopardy here. I think. Uh fences I think goes 4 to 1 for Auburn. I think flat goes 3 to 2 for SMU. I think horsemanship goes 3 to 2 for Auburn and I think raining goes 3 to 2 for SMU. Add that up and I think we're going to see a 10 to 9 home win for the Tigers. All right. South Dakota State at Georgia. Can the Jackrabbits knock off Georgia? The answer is no. Fences should go 4-0 Georgia, Flat should go 5-0 Georgia, Horsemanship should go 4-1 Georgia, and Reining should also go 4-1 Georgia, making a final score of 17-2 Georgia. Berry College at Sweetbriar. The Vikings might be able to get a point or two from the Vixens. Uh, let's see. I think Fences goes 4-0 for Sweetbriar, and I think flat goes 4-1 for Sweetbriar, making the final score an 8-1 victory for Sweetbriar. Oklahoma State at Fresno State. This is a big meet for both teams as they are both fighting to stay in the picture for an invite to Ocala. Fresno State will probably have a slight advantage at home, but will it be enough? Let's see. I think Oklahoma State wins fences 3-2. I think Flat goes 3-1 for Oklahoma State. I think Horsemanship is a 2-2 tie. And I think Reining goes 4-1 for Oklahoma State. Add that up and I think we're looking at a 12-6 win for the Cowgirls. And we have one final meet to look at on Sunday: Oklahoma State at UC Davis. It's another big California meet, and here we go. I think fences goes three to one for UC Davis. I think flat goes three to two for UC Davis. I think horsemanship goes two to one for Oklahoma State, and I think raining goes four to one for Oklahoma State. Add that up, and I think we're going to see a nine to eight road victory for Oklahoma State. Alright, before I sign off, recently I was asked a question by a rider about how all Americans are calculated. So, if you look up in your copy of the NCAA rulebook, there is a section, it's 10.2, all about all Americans. It says you have to have a two-thirds winning percentage, uh, you have to have ridden in two-thirds of your meets, and you have to have an adjusted NRS score of 85 for flat, 90 for fences, 75 for reining, or 80 for horsemanship. So this was the part, she all knew all that stuff, but her real question was, uh, how is the adjusted NRS score calculated? And that part is not in the rule book. So my first guess was maybe it was a straight average uh, that maybe gets changed a little bit uh, for the Western rides, like the Western equivalency formula. Wasn't sure. So then I asked a friend of the show, uh, U.S. Equestrian Federation President Tom O'Mara, and he said that um, he wasn't sure exactly what the formula was, but as he recalled, it is not a straight average, uh, and that basically it gives weight to home and away scores differently and stuff like that. So I asked around uh, to some of my other contacts and uh, basically I was told yes, it is a lot more complex than a straight average it does weigh the home and away uh, scores that you get from the judges differently. So, if you get good scores on the road, that is big. Also, the margin of victory is factored in, and there is a bonus for getting a point for your team on the road. So, while I did not get the actual math behind it, the sense that I got was that if you meet the other requirements of, um, you know, how many meets you've been in, what your winning percentage is, and all that, getting points on the road is key. So, if you're in that edge where, you know, your winning percentage is the there, but you're kind of struggling on the road, then you might have some trouble getting an All-American status. Um, and, and remember, the point of All-American is that you are somebody that could get into the starting lineup on just about any team in the nation. So if you realistically th- think you know you're on that level, then don't worry too much about the math. And we should all worry a little less about math, that is, unless you are the Texas A&M scorekeeper, because you folks do need to worry about the math, because your last two score sheets have had some rounding errors, so please fix that. Well, that is all for this episode. I'm your host, Auburn Elvis. I thank you very much for listening, and War Horses.